You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Three, two, one... But I've worked it out. I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer Jim Calhoun. NASCAR icon Dale Earnhardt Welcome Jr. In, Kirk, Kirk Street is on the phone. Oh, and the podcast. It's the Big American Sports Podcast. It is Wednesday, March 16th, 2022, people. I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody is having a great day, and I hope everybody is ready for the moment that you have been waiting for. It's time to make some bracket picks. That's right. Here is the rundown for today's show. I think you already know, but it's been a busy week. Monday, a lot of stuff happened. Well, one, Tom Brady happened. We talked a little bit about that, obviously talked a little bit about Will Wade and Mike White, but mostly Monday was about my first reaction to the brackets, but as I do every year, nothing is set in stone come Monday. I, I, I hate feeling obligated to make final picks on Monday. So what I told you was Wednesday we'll come back, make our official picks. That's exactly what we did. Tuesday we did have a nice little bonus episode with my buddy Zach Kroll. So the rundown of today's show is pretty straightforward. We're going to go region by region, team by team, game by game, and make picks for the 2022 NCAA tournament. It is final today. I know technically you can have your brackets in until Wednesday or till Thursday, excuse me. We got a bracket challenge going with Aaron Torres. I'll tell you about it in a minute. But for me, there's no turning back. Dun, dun, dun. I am making my final bracket picks today. We're about to go region by region. And then, by the way, we'll probably wrap with a little where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. NCAA Tournament Edition thought it'd be a fun little way to wrap the final episode of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast before the March Madness NCAA Tournament begins here in full. It has begun already on Tuesday, but before it begins in full on Thursday. By the way, I did just mention that Aaron Torres, the Aaron Torres Podcast, we are running a bracket challenge. Let's talk about that because guess what? March Madness is here, and it's time for you and your friends and some enemies, too, to fill out an NCAA tournament bracket. Last year, I told you there was a new and better website for March Madness called Bracket Fanatics. They are back and better than ever, ready to provide you a bracket experience unlike any other, all at BracketFanatics.com. Bracket Fanatics is similar to Yahoo and ESPN and that players can invite friends and make their selections for the tournament. But here's what makes Bracket Fanatics different. First off, they take out all the hard parts of running a bracket. When you start your pool, you set your pool entry fee, and payments are done directly on the website. 
Once March Madness ends, Bracket Fanatics will send pool pay payouts to your winners. No chasing down Doris from accounting. You know how annoying she is. You want to pay the winner? Doris hasn't paid you. You got to chase her down. Not with Bracket Fanatics and BracketFanatics.com. Of course, it's worth noting, if you decide you want to handle pool payouts yourself, you can do that if you don't want to charge. you. There is no entry fee to use BracketFanatics.com, but if there is an entry fee in your pool, Bracket Fanatics will collect and make the payouts for you. Even better, this is the cool part about Bracket Fanatics. You can also make side bets with your friends and family all tournament long, all through BracketFanatics.com. If your bracket is busted after the first weekend, who cares? Hit up your friends. You can make and accept bets on any game in the tournament all tournament long with every player in your bracket all at BracketFanatics.com. You might not win the pool, but you're going to get ultimate bragging rights. Finally, I should say this. The Aaron Torres Sports Podcast Bracket Challenge is officially being done this year through BracketFanatics.com, okay? If you click the link in the show description, you will get to my bracket. Also, it is pinned atop my Twitter page. Worth noting, a $500 Buffalo Wild Wings gift card for first prize Aaron Torres Podcast Bracket Challenge. But if you are running your own bracket challenge, make sure to use BracketFanatics.com. All the payouts done on the site. You can make side bets with your friends. You can talk smack all tournament long. All at BracketFanatics.com. I truly appreciate them as our sponsor this year. But with that said, let's get to the topic of the day. And the topic of the day, well, it's pretty straightforward. I'm making my NCAA tournament picks. And look, I could beat around the bush. I could give a, a, a five-minute song and dance in the lead-up, but there's no reason to. At this point, you know the deal. Monday's episode, I did my immediate reaction. Obviously, Tuesday, I had my buddy Zach Kroll on. Monday, we had a bunch of other stuff going on too. Uh, but Tuesday, I had my buddy Zach Kroll. Today, it's time to make the picks. And what I would say is there is some significant change from my first reaction on Monday. I do have one Final Four team that is different from my Monday immediate reaction. That program, not going to say it right now, but one new Final Four team, a couple new Sweet 16 teams, and I do see some things in this bracket shaking out a little bit differently than I did on Monday, and so let's get into it, and what I'll do today, last episode on Monday, two episodes ago, whatever, um, I did do kind of the entire first round and then go to the second round. Th that I thought was a little bit too confusing, so I'm going to focus on region by region. I'm going to start with the West. From there, I will go to the East. From there, I will go to the top right of most brackets to the south, and then I will get to the Midwest. I will give you my final four, then I'll give you my national champion, and then maybe we'll do a little where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. So let's start in the west. Uh, it is the top left-hand corner with Gonzaga as the number one seed, and as I said on Monday's episode, not every game needs a four-minute breakdown, okay? Gonzaga's really, really good. You can criticize them. You cannot like them. You can whatever. They are not losing to Georgia State. Not this particular season. Georgia State coached by former Tennessee assistant Rob Lanier. I think they're a program on the rise. Wouldn't be surprised if it was close for a half. But Gonzaga just has too much size, too much athleticism, too much rim protection with Chet Holmgren. They are not losing this game. Gonzaga, the first official AT pick for the 2022 NCAA tournament. Let's go to that 8-9 game. And Zach and I talked about it on Tuesday's show. That's a really interesting game because a couple things. One, I think it would be easy to crush Penny Hardaway, but what I would also say about Penny, he did a really good job in the middle of the season. And as I said on Tuesday's show, there's this metric called Bart Torvik. I don't know much about what goes into it, but it basically says that Memphis is one of the best teams in the country since Amani Bates, obviously the star freshman who reclassified and he was 17 when he started the season. 
Monty Bates went down with an injury. He has not been back, and Memphis has essentially taken off since then. At one point, they were 10-9 and nine this season, and now they enter the NCAA tournament at, uh, at 21-10 and 10 overall. So you're talking about a team that has won a bunch of games over, or tw- I guess they, I guess they were ten and eight at one point. So forgive me. So they're, I'm not great at math, but that's eleven and two over their last thirteen games. But they're playing really, really good basketball. The defense is elite, and the offense has come along since the return of DeAndre Williams, a older, older player. I think he's about 24, 25 years old, sixth year senior. Used the extra year because of COVID, transferred a couple times, all that good stuff. But they're a different team. I am going to pick them over Boise. I will say this, Boise is a really good team. Boise has multiple high major transfers. Emmanuel Acott, who began his career at Arizona. Abu Kijab, who began his career at Oregon. Marcus Shaver, a multiple-time conference, uh, you know, all-conference team player at point guard. And Boise's going to give him fits. Boise's going to be tough. I just think Memphis has a little bit too much down low. I do like Penny Hardaway to not only make the tournament, obviously he's here, but to pick up his first tournament win. Let's go over to Buffalo, where maybe the most interesting quad, you know, the first weekend sub-regional is in Buffalo, Yukon and New Mexico State. This has kind of quietly become sort of a trendy, could it possibly be a 5-12 upset? I just don't see it, and let me explain why. Um, and it's not because I'm a UConn homer, it's not because I love UConn, blah, 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 blah. The problem for New Mexico State in this game is that they are essentially the same team as UConn, only with less, only with just you know not as good players. And that's not a criticism of New Mexico State, which went twenty six and six this year. They had some nice wins. They beat Washington State, obviously out of the Pac twelve. Here's what they do: what they do really well, unfortunately for them, is the exact same thing that UConn does well. They gang rebound. They're one of the most efficient rebounding teams in the country, 18th nationally in rebound rate, which means of all rebounds that go up, there are only 17 teams that get more of them total than New Mexico State. Really, you know, just a tough, aggressive, physical team. Here's the problem. UConn's eighth nationally in rebounding rate, and they are kind of, again, the same team. All five positions rebound. Tyrese Martin, who's a guard, averages like seven rebounds per game. Isaiah Whaley, a forward, averages six and a half. Adama Sanogo, whatever. And so I bring it up to just say New Mexico State is a great story, but this is kind of like that Spider-Man meme where Spider-Man's pointing at the other Spider-Man, and I just think UConn does the same things well that New Mexico State does. I don't see the upset here. I really don't. Let me take it a step further. I know a lot of Arkansas fans are freaking out about the Arkansas-Vermont game. I don't see the upset here either. Now, what Vermont does, I mentioned rebound rate, okay? What Vermont does really well, they are actually number one in the country in defensive rebounds, okay? Which means that of all the rebounds that go up, nobody allows fewer offensive rebounds than Vermont. The thing is, though, Arkansas isn't really about second, third, fourth chances. What they do better than anybody is they just attack, 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 and they play just as good defense. I do think this one can be close for a while. Uh, You know I love Coach Musk, but historically there's been a few times where he has fallen down in NCAA tournament games and his team has been able to rally. Last year versus Colgate, last year versus Oral Roberts, a couple times dating back to Nevada. And listen, Vermont's a really good team. You listen to Coach Muss's press conferences, you can hear the respect that he has for that program. I think Vermont can keep it close for a half. I don't see them beating Arkansas in this, in this bracket. Let's go down to the, the uh, other part of the bracket, staying in the SEC, the 6-11 game, Alabama playing the winner of Rutgers-Notre Dame. 
What I would say is Rutgers and Notre Dame, it is one of the playing games. They do not play until Wednesday night. It is worth monitoring. I do think Alabama will struggle more with Rutgers than Notre Dame. Give me Rutgers in that game. That game will be played later tonight. And give me the winner of that game, especially if it's Rutgers, to upset Alabama. Listen, I can go on and on and on about Alabama. I've been very critical of them over the last month. Yes, I still believe in Nate Oates, but this is a team that they just, they peaked in December. There's no other way to put it other than that they peaked in December. This was a team that was an elite three-point shooting team last year. This year, they're shooting 31% from three. But here's the problem with shooting 31% from three. They still attempt as about as many three-pointers as anybody in college basketball. Uh, in terms of total three-pointers attempted per game, Alabama is in the top 10 nationally in that category. So this is not a criticism of Nate Oates. It's not that I don't like Nate Oates. It's not that I've lost faith in Nate Oates. But they are trying to play a style, and they're just not that good this year. Uh, they struggled down the stretch. I believe they were something like 9-10 and 10 in their last 11 games overall. Looking at it, at one point they were 14-7. and 7. They are now 19-13, and 13, which means they are 5-4. and 4. Uh, They are 5-4 and four in their last nine. And so Alabama, listen, I think it's a great story. I think the rise of Alabama is a great story. I just don't see the scenario where they win this game, and, if they, and I don't see them advancing out of this game. Staying in that region, San Diego, not far from me. I will not be there. Texas Tech taking on Montana State. Listen, Texas Tech, it's pretty straightforward. They are an elite defensive team. The offense has struggled a little bit. To me, it's more of a byproduct of the fact that the Big 12, you play everybody twice. So by the end of the year, everybody knows you. Everybody knows what you're about. And then you get to the Big 12 tournament, and you're seeing teams for a third time overall. I do like Texas Tech to advance easily out of that one. Uh, Interesting game in the 7-10 game, Michigan State versus Davidson. Michigan State, if you just look at the Vegas odds, is about a one-point favorite in that game. And it really is kind of a a matchup of styles, right? Davidson is a team that shoots, takes, and makes a ton of three-pointers. They are number eight in the country in three-pointers made as a team. They play the same way they did when Kellen Grady, the current Kentucky star, was at Davidson. They play the way, frankly, that they played when Steph Curry was there over a decade ago. Um, And what will be really interesting is they do things well that Michigan State doesn't. My fear with them, though, is they just don't see that many teams over the course of a season with the size, physicality, and toughness that they will see from Michigan State on Friday afternoon when they play them. So to me, I think you can make the argument for Davidson. It wouldn't surprise me. I said Friday afternoon. It's actually a late-night game. It's one of the last games to tip off on Friday. I do like Michigan State, though. What I'll tell you about this game is this. My official pick is Michigan State. I'm not turning back. But one of two things is going to happen. Either Michigan State's going to win this game or Davidson is going to blow them the heck out. If they are making threes and if Michigan can't defend it, Michigan State can't defend it, then I do like uh, Davidson to win big, but I'm going to take Michigan State. Final uh, thing in the bracket, in that bracket there, Duke playing Cal State Fullerton. Cal State Fullerton, a great story. Another school not far from where I live. Deidre Taylor's an excellent young coach. They ain't beating Duke, though. Not this year. Let's go back to the top of the bracket so I am staying in the West region. I'm not going to go to the uh, first round in another region. Let's go back to the top half of the bracket. Memphis versus Gonzaga. You talk about a fascinating round of 32 matchup. And as Zach Kroll said on the show Tuesday, he's predicting Memphis to beat Gonzaga. 
I'm just not sure that I'm there yet, and it's pretty straightforward why. I think Memphis can, because as Zach said, and I think he's 100% right, we saw in the NCAA tournament last year, there's not many people that give Drew Timmy trouble, but the one thing that does give Drew Timmy trouble is big, athletic, big men that can move their feet, quick, athletic, whatever. If you're a seven foot one stick figure, Drew Timmy's going to go up and around you. If uh, you're a plotting big guy, he's too quick for you. But if you get those NBA-style big men, and Jalen Duran's one of them, can give them fits. The problem for me with this game is I just think Memphis, I don't know that they have quite enough elite scoring on that team. They're great on defense. They have gotten much, much, much better on offense. But when I look at this team, even if you're playing elite defense, which Memphis does, um, you're still in a scenario where you have to get stops against Gonzaga. And what is getting stops against Gonzaga? It's, uh, you know, it's holding them to 75 points. And I just don't know if Memphis can go ahead and do enough to keep up. So I am picking Gonzaga to advance to the Sweet 16. It is worth noting. You can say Gonzaga's overrated. You can say they stink. This is an important stat. Gonzaga is the only team, the last six NCAA tournaments played, they have made it to at least the Sweet 16, at least the second round of the NCAA tournament. Now, many years they've been number one seeds and expected to be there, but that is worth noting. For the Gonzaga, is always overrated crowd. They get to the Sweet 16. It's what they do. Last time they didn't make it to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament, how about this? 2014, the last time Gonzaga didn't make it to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. Let's get to the second game in this regional to see who will play Gonzaga in the Sweet 16. And this is maybe, again, the best game of the second round of the NCAA tournament. It is UConn and Arkansas. And as I looked at this game, it comes down to exactly what I said on Monday's show. Some stuff has changed on, uh, since Monday. We'll talk about that in a minute. But some stuff hasn't. And I just... I worry about UConn in this game, okay? Yes, they're tough. Yes, they're physical. Yes, they beat you up. I even said somebody will pull out the old takes exposed tweet if Arkansas wins this game. I said during the Big East tournament, they are going to give somebody fits in the second round, power conference team, and I think they will give Arkansas fits for a half. The problem with UConn, love my Huskies, but they go through these crazy, crazy, crazy scoring droughts where they just can't put the ball in the basket. And the one thing about Arkansas, they continue to always put pressure on you all game long. I've said it before. I'll say it again. They are number two in the country, and they're number one among all NCAA tournament teams in free throws attempted. Why is that important? They just attack, 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 and never let up. UConn's tough. UConn's physical. I'll I'll be curious to see how this game is refereed, but even if it isn't refereed, Arkansas is going to get a bunch of free points at the basket because it's what they do. So I'm picking Arkansas to upset UConn. UConn was a team that I liked coming into the season. I liked them throughout the year. I just think this is a bad matchup for them, and this is what the NCAA tournament's about. It's sometimes about matchups. Let's get to the bottom half of the bracket. I do have the winner of Rutgers-Notre Dame. I'm picking Rutgers to play Texas Tech in round two. Obviously, the winner of Rutgers-Notre Dame will play Alabama, who I just said I expect them to beat. And I like Texas Tech in this game. I mean, I just it comes down to who Texas Tech is, their DNA, their toughness, their physicality, all that good stuff. Um, I, I just don't think you can prepare for them adequately until it's time to see them. They have guys that can beat you. They're big down low. I like Texas Tech to win this game. Bottom half of the bracket, Michigan State versus Duke. I like Duke. I, I've been kind of out on Michigan State all year. I don't think they do anything at an elite level. I could have picked them to lose in round one because I don't think they're do, they do anything that special, but I like the matchup with Davidson. 
do not like it against Duke. We can make fun of Coach K. We can talk about the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the retirement tour. It's worth noting this game is in. Uh, this game is in Greenville, South Carolina. Duke will have a huge home court advantage. I like Duke advancing to the Sweet 16. Let's get to the Sweet 16 in the West region. Gonzaga versus Arkansas. My buddy Zach Crow picked Arkansas. I'm going with Gonzaga. And this is not a knock on Arkansas. I love Arkansas. All that good stuff. I do worry a little bit about Arkansas's ability to finish at the rim against Chet Holmgren and Drew Timmy. Not a knock on Arkansas. Love Arkansas, but they're not a great three-point shooting team. They have to be able to finish at the rim. And obviously, Gonzaga is one of the best rim-protecting teams in college basketball. I don't think people realize because it's so easy to pick on Gonzaga because of what they've done in the past. This is an elite defensive team this year. Right now, number two in the country in field goal percentage defense. And I think the difference between UConn in the second round for Arkansas and Gonzaga in the Sweet 16, UConn goes through those scoring droughts. Gonzaga, even if you're getting to the rim, even if you're attacking, even if you're getting to the free throw line, Gonzaga's still going to put up 75, 78, 80 points in a worst case scenario. Can Arkansas keep up? I don't know. I don't know what the over is going to be in this game, but I would take the over blindly. But I do like Gonzaga to advance to the Elite Eight, where I think they're going to play Texas Tech. I do think the Coach K retirement tour officially ends in the Sweet 16 out west in San Francisco. This isn't an anti-Coach K thing. It's not an I don't like Coach K thing. But the bottom line remains that when I look at this matchup and when I look at this Duke team, they're just so inconsistent all season long. I've said it before. I'll say it again. You look at Duke's resume. First of all, it goes back to Monday show, right? This was not a team that was worthy of a two seed. This was a team that lost, uh, you know, that <laughs> this was a team that lost to three teams that ultimately weren't going to make. They, they lost to Florida State, didn't make the tournament. They lost to Virginia at home, did not make the tournament. They lost to Virginia Tech in the ACC championship game. If you just look at Virginia Tech's seeding, it seems to me that Virginia Tech would not have made the NCAA tournament if they had not lost to if they had not beaten Duke in the ACC tournament championship game. So I bring it up to say, Duke has been inconsistent all year. There was a time where I thought they were the best team in the country. That time has passed. I do like Texas Tech to beat Duke and end the Coach K retirement tour. Let's wrap the West region. Gonzaga, Texas Tech in the Elite Eight, a rematch of the 2019 West Regional in Anaheim. I was at that regional. In that regional, Texas Tech under Chris Beard beat Gonzaga to go to the Final Four. And drumroll, please, my first official Final Four pick. On Monday, it was Gonzaga. I told you we've had some changes. I like Texas Tech in this game to go to the Final Four. Texas Tech, my first Final Four pick. Let me explain why. These two teams did play earlier in the year. This is not a Gonzaga sucks and whatever. But Gonzaga took care of Texas Tech handily. But this Texas Tech team is different than the one that Gonzaga faced a few months back. When I look at Texas Tech, I think they're more complete now. I think the roles are more defined now. They're getting healthy. I know Texas Tech wasn't great down the stretch this year. But when I look at this Texas Tech team, I do think part of it is it was the Big 12. In the Big 12, you play everybody twice in the regular season. By the end of the year, everybody starts to know you. You get to the conference tournament, there's no margin for error. It's not like the ACC or the Big East or the, maybe not the Big East, but the ACC, the, the SEC, Big 10, where you have 14 teams, you don't play everybody twice. When the Big, Big, Big 12 you do, I like Texas Tech. I believe the matchup will favor them defensively. I don't think Gonzaga will have seen anything quite like Texas Tech on defense. Texas Tech is insane defensively, okay? 
number seven in points per game allowed, number four in field goal percentage defense. And if you remember, remember when I had Sean Miller on the podcast and we talked about at the end of the interview, we talked about what makes teams great. And he said one stat that always stands out to him, two-point defense. In other words, can he protect the paint? Can he protect the rim? Both of these teams are top 15 in that category. I give Texas Tech the slight edge. I have Texas Tech going to the Final Four out of the West. All right, we're going to get back to college basketball in a minute. It's March Madness. And you know what that means? It is time to welcome back our favorite sponsor, and yes, your ladies' favorite sponsor, Manscaped, the worldwide leader in men's below-the-waist. Today, we're not talking about below-the-waist grooming because they've launched their ultra-premium collection, an all-in-one skin and hair care kit that has you covered from head to toe, and of course, because Manscaped loves your boy, because Manscaped loves the Aaron Torres pot, all you got to do to get any of these products, go to manscaped.com. Use promo code TORUS, and you can have the world is your oyster, manscaped.com, promo code TORUS. Fellas, let's be honest. First of all, let's just call a spade a spade. Manscaped has already helped you once before. Remember that little James Harden beard you had going on downstairs? It was disgusting. Manscaped helped that get cleaned up, and now you can enhance the rest of your perfect grooming routine with the Ultra Premium Collection. What is the Ultra Premium Collection? You're probably asking, Aaron, what does it mean? I don't get it. Here's what the Ultra Premium Package is. Manscaped Premium Deodorant. This deodorant dries clear, is aluminum-free, and smells like their signature scent. Throw away that gross competitor. We know who they are. Get yourself some Manscaped. Also part of the Ultra Premium Package, the Hydrating Body Moisturizer. If you have tattoos or issues with your skin, it's designed to keep skin feeling clean, smooth, and smelling fresh. It also includes the body wash. I already told you about the body wash. I use it every day. I've never smelled better. I'm not telling you what Mrs. Torres may or may not do when I put that body wash on, but it's a winner. And, of course, the two-in-one shampoo. You'll have a head of hair better than Coach K once you're done with that. So that's the ultra-premium package. We're talking about the deodorant, the hydrating body moisturizer, the body wash, the two-in-one shampoo and conditioner, plus, check this out, a free gift, a three-pack of lip balm that's made up with ingredients such as vitamin E, peppermint and eucalyptus oil to keep your lips feeling fresh for whatever activities your lips are doing in March. It's not my business. And as I said, that is four products all in one inside the ultra premium collection. The best part, all the products are cruelty-free, paraben-free, vegan-friendly, and dye-free. I mean, come on. Manscaped's got you looking good, smelling good, uh, without the James Harden beard, all for your March Madness party. Manscaped. Worldwide leader in men's below-the-waist grooming. They have expanded the ultra-premium collection. Make sure to go to manscaped.com for all products. But the ultra-premium collection is what we're focused on today. Use promo code TORRES once you get there. 20% off plus free shipping. Manscaped.com. Tell them TORRES sent you. Manscaped.com. Promo code TORRES. Let's switch gears and let's get down to the east. I'll try to make these a little bit quicker. Number one seed is Baylor. They're playing Norfolk State. Norfolk State a few years ago played Missouri in the first round. Upset Missouri. Well, that ain't going to happen this year. I got Baylor winning round one. Don't need to say much more about that. North Carolina playing Marquette. This is one of those weird matchups, right? I said a minute ago, Boise I really liked until I saw them with Memphis. 
if we had switched this and Memphis was playing North Carolina and Boise was playing uh, Marquette or Boise was playing North Carolina, I'd probably like Boise. But as it, be, as it becomes to this game, I'm going to go ahead and take North Carolina. Now, I don't feel good about that. You know what? As a matter of fact, we're switching it up. I am taking Marquette. Uh, I was selling a little bit of Marquette stock earlier in this, uh, in this season, but I just think Marquette is going to create problems for North Carolina. This isn't an anti-Hubert Davis thing. I know I've been critical of Hubert Davis, but what Marquette does well, they push tempo. They force you to get uncomfortable. They force you to take bad shots, and then they take advantage of it on the other end. I do think, kind of like what I just said about Texas Tech, I do think it's a scenario where by the end of the season, uh, teams in the Big East kind of started to figure them out. I do think seeing them in the NCAA tournament is going to be completely different for a team that hasn't seen them. I am officially picking Marquette. That's the first one and only one that I'm going to have today where I switch it in the middle of the show. 5-12 matchup between St. Mary's and the winner of Wyoming and Indiana. Okay, I'm going to be blunt here. It's Wednesday afternoon. I want to watch this game tonight. I actually have to go in and do radio. So I got to make this pick before the Indiana-Wyoming game. Indiana's a four-point favorite. I don't really trust Indiana to beat anybody, okay? But with that said, I am going to say that the winner of this game, if it is Indiana, is going to pull off the upset against St. Mary's. I said it on Monday's show. St. Mary's is one of the slowest tempos in college basketball, fewest possessions. They take their time. It's almost like Villanova. They're comfortable with 6-5-4-3-2-1 left on the shot clock. They don't care. They'll play down. They want to play in the 50s. Well, nobody's better at winning games in the 50s than Indiana. Nobody's more comfortable playing games in the 50s than Indiana. Um, And I do like Indiana if they get there. If it's Wyoming, I'm a little bit more concerned. Wyoming cannot is not as good defensively. They're much better offensively. I don't know how many teams they face the size and toughness of St. Mary's. So my official pick is that if Indiana wins the playing game, I'm taking them to get to the round of 32. But if St. Mar- if St. Mary's plays Wyoming, I am taking St. Mary's. Let's stay with that bracket. UCLA, Akron. I do like UCLA. I'll be quick. I think they're totally undervalued. I think they're a really, really, really good team. Um, and I just think they, nobody's really talked about them all year. They come back, entire team intact, Final Four. They beat Villanova early. They win at Marquette early. Then they go on a month-long COVID pause. Then they come back. Johnny Juzang's banged up. Tiger Campbell's banged up. Cody Riley missed some time throughout this year. I mean, we are talking about pillars of this team that just missed extended periods of time. They come back late. They play well. They beat USC on the final day of the regular season. And they almost beat Arizona playing at an elite level in the Pac-12 championship game. So I think UCLA is really good. I think they take care of Akron comfortably. Let's get to the bottom half of this bracket where I'll be honest, I see a little bit of chaos. Texas versus Virginia Tech. If I end up doing where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong, and I might not because the show's getting a little bit long. But if I do, we're going to talk about Texas because I was dead wrong on Texas. Listen, I believe in Chris Beard. I trust in Chris Beard. There is just nothing inherently special about this Texas team. Even after the Big 12 tournament, he's still talking about, these guys don't get it. They don't understand. They're not about the right things. Bro, one, Chris Beard, you're the man. You know more basketball than I do. But one, you recruited all these guys. This ain't taking over somebody else's program. You brought in six transfers this offseason plus a freshman who's already transferred out. I'm sorry, you can't blame the players. Some of it is on you. On top of that, Virginia Tech is red hot. They are one of the best three-point shooting teams in college basketball. And what it comes down to with Texas, Texas is elite defensively, 
They just can't score enough. They just don't have anybody that is a difference maker offensively. I like Virginia Tech to pull off the upset as an 11 seed and advance to the second round where they'll play Purdue. Spent a lot of time on this game. I like Purdue. I don't like Purdue. I'm up. I'm down. I don't see the scenario where Yale beats them. I do have Purdue advancing to the next round. Bottom half of the bracket, Murray State versus San Francisco. Talked about this a little bit the other day. Murray State, obviously an incredible story. 30-2. and two. Friend of the Air Torres pod, Matt McMahon, was on the show last week. They're playing San Francisco. I just don't like this matchup for San Francisco. I think Murray State is a little bit tougher. I think Murray State is a little bit better defensively. What I would also say about San Francisco is if you look at their resume, there's really not a lot there. And we talk about kind of the the metrics and the net and the this and the that. Um, You know, you start to pick apart some of, of, of their resume. I know that when you look at it, they had some decent wins. I mean, they beat BYU in the regular season, but they lost to Gonzaga three times during the season. They lost to St. Mary's twice. And so you start to go through their resume. I know they had some decent wins in the out of conference. They beat Arizona State. They beat UNLV. There's just not a whole lot there. I mean, I guess by technicality, they beat Davidson all the way back in November. But when I look at this roster, I just sit there and say, I don't see a ton there. A couple really good guards. Uh, Amari Bouye being one of them, best name in the tournament maybe, but I like Matt McMahon, I like the Murray State Racers to advance. Kentucky, bottom half of the bracket against St. Peter's. Uh, Kentucky's winning this game. I could go on and on and on. I do have Kentucky winning this one. Let's go back to the top of the bracket where in the round of 32, we have Baylor Marquette. I am going to take Baylor, but what I will say, if Marquette gets by North Carolina, And again, like I said, Marquette's not playing well. I do think they can give Baylor fits because Baylor, you're going to force them into a tempo that they're not comfortable with. They like to run their half-court offense, all that good stuff, blah, 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 blah. Marquette's a really good team. I give Shaka Smart credit. I thought he was the problem at Texas. As it turns out, I think Texas might be the problem at Texas. I can't pick Baylor to win this game because I just think that in the end, they're too good defensively with the young freshman Jeremy Sohan and Kendall Brown. I do like Baylor to advance to the Sweet 16, but I'm telling you, if they get Marquette, Marquette's giving them fits. Let's go to that 4-12 game because I do have the 12 seed Indiana upsetting the 5 St. Mary's. I like UCLA. I don't care who UCLA plays out of this region. They're just the better team. I think out of everybody they could possibly face, I do think that probably St. Mary's gives them the most trouble. St. Mary's is tough and physical. The problem is St. Mary's just isn't as athletic as UCLA is. They got, you know, Jalen, um, Peyton Watson, Jalen Clark, guys like that that can kind of shut you down on the wings. Obviously, Tiger Campbell is good at what they do. St. Saint, Saint, uh, Mary's is physical and tough. I don't really see the scenario in which UCLA were to lose this game. I don't see them losing to Indiana either. Bottom half of the bracket, Virginia Tech versus Purdue. Let's talk about it because I'll tell you this. I have Virginia Tech upsetting Purdue in the second round of the NCAA tournament to advance to the Sweet 16, and let me explain why. This is another change from Monday's show. I had Purdue in the Sweet 16. Listen, I like Purdue. I like Matt Painter. I like watching Jaden Ivey. I like those big guys. But what we've seen time and time again with the Big Ten in the NCAA tournament, for the most part, is we have seen that these Big Ten teams, they get into the NCAA tournament all season long. They play a physical, tough brand of basketball in the Big Ten. And then what happens? 
They're too big and too physical for the NCAA tournament, and all that happens is they put you in little pick and rolls. They beat you, you know, these younger, these smaller, more athletic teams just destroy them when it comes to, you know, they just, they just, the way that the Big Ten, some of these Big Ten teams play in the regular season, it doesn't translate to March. Happened last year with Iowa. You get Luka Garza in the NCAA tournament. I love Luka Garza. But you just pick and roll him to death. Oregon, it was a layup line. And I do kind of fear that for Virginia Tech. I fear that for Purdue against Virginia Tech is really what I should say. Virginia Tech, number three in the country in three-point shooting. Purdue, 169th in three-point defense. Virginia Tech isn't big, but they're quick. They're athletic. They move the ball. They space the ball. I think they're going to shoot the you-know-what out of the ball. I think Purdue's going to fall down early. I like Purdue. I don't like this matchup for them. They've been a fundamentally flawed team all year. I know the defense has gotten better. But I like Virginia Tech to the Sweet 16, where they will play, drum roll please, the University of Kentucky. No surprise here. Listen, Kentucky-Murray State game is going to be awesome. It's going to be great for the state of Kentucky. It's going to be played in, what, Indianapolis. So obviously there is going to be a lot of Kentucky and Murray State fans in this building. Murray State's just not built to beat Kentucky. Murray State doesn't have an answer for Oscar Shibway. Murray State, they have a really good low post player named K.J. Williams. Problem is he's about six foot eight, and he is probably about 40 pounds lighter than Oscar Shibway. Uh, almost like a, a Keon Brooks type body type. He's a little bit more kind of strong and physical. But I mean, if you're a low post player that's strong and physical and you're going up against Oscar Shibway, good luck. Kentucky wins to advance to the Sweet 16. Top half of the bracket, Baylor versus UCLA. I'll be honest, I really do like the UCLA Bruins to beat Baylor. I've been out on Baylor for a while. It's nothing against Scott Drew, friend of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. Absolutely incredible what he's done at Baylor. But I've said it for weeks. Sometimes it's just not your year. And I do not feel like it is Baylor's year officially. You look all season long. First of all, LJ Cryer, a really important player to what they do. He's been out for like a month, a month and a half now with injury. They keep saying he might be back, he might be back, he might be back. At some point, he's not coming back. Jonathan Chamachachua, their best big man, also out for the season. They've shuffled lineups. Guys have gone in and out all season long. I've used the stat, but of the nine guys that play regularly, only two of them have played every single game this season. That's incredible. You feel bad for Baylor. You don't feel too bad because they just won the national championship last year. I don't believe that they are built to win a title this year. It just doesn't feel like their year. Bottom half of the bracket, Virginia Tech versus Kentucky. This is where I like Kentucky's versatility, okay? The thing that I've always liked about Kentucky this year, they can beat you in so many ways. They can beat you down low with Oscar Shibwe. They can beat you up high shooting three-pointers. I know Kellen Grady hasn't been great, but I trust that he'll figure it out. Uh, the one thing about Kentucky all season long, they have had an ability to uh, you know, play a bunch of different ways. And with Virginia Tech, I think that they'll be able to handle the three-point shooting and go score for score with Virginia Tech, okay? I really do think that this team is uniquely built. If they have to win in the 60s, they've proven they can win in the 60s. They won at Texas A&M, who was obviously a fringe tournament team, playing in the 60s. They've won games in the 80s. They've won games in the 90s. And I believe that they are going to take care of business against Virginia Tech to advance to the Elite Eight, where they'll play UCLA and where they'll beat UCLA. The Johnny Juzang Bowl, uh, the Johnny Juzang Showdown, whatever you want to call it. Listen, I think these are two of the 10 best teams in the country. And when you get to an Elite Eight, you're just playing other good teams. There's nothing wrong with UCLA. It's not to say that they're bad. It's not to say that they're not well coached. I love Mick Cronin, Big Mick Energy, as I like to call him. I just think Kentucky's got a few more dudes. UCLA is really good, but outside of Johnny Juzang, they really lack that real scoring pop. 
They get they have guys that can get play get, can get buckets kind of within the flow of the offense. Whether it's Cody Riley, Miles Johnson down low, whether it's uh, you know Jules Bernard, David Singleton on the wing, they just don't have a ton of elite scoring outside of Johnny Juzang. I just don't see the scenario where they are able to do enough to score enough to keep up with Kentucky. I know Jaime Hawkins is having a good year. I do like Kentucky to advance out of this region, out of the East region. We are halfway done. This is what I want to do. I want to take a quick break. Message from one of our partners. I'll be right back. We will talk about the other side of the bracket. The fascinating South region. Top four is insane. We will then go to the Midwest, Kansas, all them. We'll wrap up. I will give you my Final Four National Championship pick. I will be right back. Party people, stay tuned. Texas Tech, Kentucky, congratulations. Torres says you're going to the Final Four. All right, we're going to get back to the college basketball talk in a minute, but it's March. We have a bracket and DraftKings Sportsbook, our great, great, great partner, has an incredible offer for first-time users of their website. The offer? Make a $5 money line bet on any team. Gonzaga, UCLA, Kentucky, doesn't matter. First-time user, make a $5 bet on any team. If they win, all they have to do is win. Gonzaga beats Georgia State. You win $200 in free cash, courtesy of the DraftKings Sportsbook, and DraftKings.com, and the Aaron Torres pod. Great deal. This is what you got to do to sign up. Click on the link in the show description and sign up for a new DraftKings Sportsbook account and make your first deposit. Bet $5 on any team in March Madness. Again, Gonzaga versus Georgia State. Uh, Kansas versus whoever the heck they end up playing. Baylor, whoever. Kentucky against uh, St. Peter's. Doesn't matter. Bet $5. If that team wins you get an automatic $200 courtesy of our friends at DraftKings and the DraftKings Sportsbook. It is the best offer going, so act now. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537 in Illinois. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER in Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Wyoming, 1-800-9-WITH-IN in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia, 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, or call or text Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789, 21 plus or over to enter, 18 plus or over in Wyoming, Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, Louisiana, New York only. Minimum $5 deposit, minimum $5 wager. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full terms and conditions. All right, everybody. I am back. Good to be back. Good to be back. Thank you again to our partners. DraftKings and the DraftKings Sportsbook, incredible offer heading into the NCAA tournament. Make sure you're taking advantage. Let's get back to the bracket. Okay, so we hit on the West and East Regionals. Congratulations to Texas Tech. Congratulations to Kentucky. Torres says you're going to the Final Four. Let's get to the South. South, easily the most interesting region as far as I'm concerned. Obviously, the top four here is incredible. You have Arizona, probably start to finish maybe the best team all season long. Villanova, Big East regular season and tournament champ. 
Tennessee, we have spent a ton of time talking about. Yes, they should have been on the two line. No, they did not deserve to be a three, but it's time to play the games. They are obviously by far the best three seed in this tournament. And what I would say is when you have a Big Ten regular season champion, Illinois, as the four seed in your bracket, you know that is a really, really, really tough draw. So let's get into it. Let's talk about it. We'll start up top. Arizona's playing Wright State, the winner of Wright State versus Bryant. Those two teams will play on Wednesday night. I don't think it really matters who they play. Arizona's taking care of business and winning that game. Let's get to the second game, TCU versus Seton Hall. This one's another one that's pretty straightforward. First of all, let, let, let's give Jamie Dixon a little bit of credit here, okay? It's easy to forget Jamie Dixon, the longtime Pitt head coach, is now the head coach at TCU. He left Pitt because Pitt was tired of, quote-unquote, only making the NCAA tournament and not winning enough once they got there. Oh, uh, yeah, fun fact. Zero NCAA tournament appearances for Pitt since Jamie Dixon left. Uh, Jamie Dixon taking TCU, a historically, frankly, I hate to be rude, TCU fans, a historically relatively irrelevant program to the NCAA tournament for the second time. They play Seton Hall in the opener. I'll be blunt. I do like TCU to win this game. Seton Hall, I think that you look at the pieces. They're one of those teams. They walk in the gym. They look really impressive. I don't know what they do really well. They're big, they're tough, they're physical, but they don't score. They have no real guys that can take over games. I like TCU to win this game. Let's go to the 5-12 game, Houston versus UAB. And it's interesting because when the bracket first came out, I thought I was going to talk myself into Houston winning or, or UAB winning this game against Houston. If you've forgotten, UAB is coached by Andy Kennedy, the iconic, famed uh, former Ole Miss coach. He is now back in college basketball, more importantly than, than the former Ole Miss coach. He's a friend of the Air Tour Sports Podcast, okay? He is a friend of the Air Tour Sports Podcast, and uh, I had him on a few years ago. He's been awesome at UAB, gets UAB to the NCAA tournament. This has become a pseudo-trendy 5-12 upset. I just don't see it, and I'll tell you why I don't see it. It is because Kelvin Sampson continues to be one of the most underrated coaches in college basketball, okay? So earlier this year, and I think I've talked about it, Houston lost its top two players, two season-ending injuries, Tremont Mark and Marcus Sasser, and you'd think they'd fall apart, but they have largely taken care of business. They won the AAC regular season title. They won the AAC tournament title, and they entered the tournament at 29-5, and Okay. Like, I know they lost at one point to Memphis a couple times, but they, they, they got revenge in the AAC tournament. And here's what's crazy about Houston. I saw this stat, and it blew me away, okay? Their two best players that they lost were both guards. And so you think, okay, they're big down low, they're really physical, but can, do they have good enough guards? This is a crazy stat that I found about Houston that blew my mind. Houston is in the top 10 nationally in assist-to-turnover ratio, okay? You talk about, they lost all their guards, and they're in, they're, they're, excuse me, they're number 14 in the country in assist-to-turnover ratio, which means that they take care of the basketball, they don't turn it over. For a team to lose their top two point guards and be in the top 15 nationally in that category, that's incredible. UAB, good team, good coach, uh, good players, frankly. They have a couple high major transfers. I like Houston to advance. Illinois versus Chattanooga, kind of an interesting game where there's a lot of kind of buzz going on that Illinois could potentially lose this game. Chattanooga, they shoot the ball really well. They have a couple really good guards, and it's worth noting, Chattanooga is one of the few teams in the mid-major ranks that actually has a big guy that can kind of hang with Kofi Coburn. If you remember the name Silvio D'Souza, who was at Kansas. He was part of that big brawl a few years ago. He was the guy that was in the middle of the FBI probe. He is now in his either fifth or sixth year of college basketball. He now plays at Chattanooga, 
And I do think in some ways he can give Kofi Coburn fits. I don't think he can give Kofi enough fits to actually lose this game. I do like Illinois to win in advance. Bottom half of the bracket, first game of the tournament that tips off. Thursday morning, about 12.15 Eastern, so it's not morning, but early afternoon. Michigan against Colorado State. Okay, really sad story, ironic story, interesting story. But Colorado State, their coach, Nico Medved, Matt Norlander reported it on Monday night that as of Monday night, they did not know when they were flying to the tournament. Oh, by the way, Wednesday you have media availability all day. Thursday you got to play the first game of the tournament, and the NCAA is supposed to handle travel for you, and nobody told Colorado State anything. So as of about probably, I would guess, 8 Pacific, 7 Mountain Time, maybe even a little bit later, Colorado State didn't know when they were traveling to Indianapolis for this opening round game. They find out that they're flying out early Tuesday, so they have probably made it. They haven't probably. They have made it to Indianapolis by the time that uh, you're you're listening to this podcast. But a late travel start. Michigan, of course, is so close that they're actually bussing. But I'll tell you this. It's not because of the travel. I do like Michigan to win this game as an 11 seed. And the reason why, it's just a bad matchup for Colorado State. Michigan, you could criticize Juwan Howard, the situation with Wisconsin, whatever. The one thing this team does really well, they rebound the crap out of the ball. Colorado State is a very, very, very small team. They're quick. They're athletic. I don't think they have enough size to beat Michigan. I think there's going to be a lot of second-chance points. I think Hunter Dickinson's going to go off. They have nothing close to an answer for Hunter Dickinson at Colorado State. I do like Michigan to win this game. The Tennessee Vols, we just talked about. Uh, They're playing Longwood. Listen, I'll have a minute here to talk Tennessee in a minute. Um, They're beating Longwood. Tennessee beats Longwood to advance. Bottom, bottom part of the South region. Ohio State is a seven seed versus Loyola Chicago. I don't think people realize how bad Ohio State was down the stretch. They lost four of their last five. That included a loss to Maryland, who was one of the worst teams in the Big Ten. It included a loss to Nebraska, which was the worst team in the Big Ten. It included a loss on senior day to Michigan. And then they lost to Penn State in the Big Ten tournament opener. This team's trending in the wrong direction. Loyola Chicago, my girl Sister Jean. It's not that I don't like Sister Jean. I don't like the Sister Jean coverage. Loyola Chicago is going to win this one. Bottom, bottom half of the bracket, Villanova plays Delaware. Uh, For those of you who are NBA fans, Delaware's best player or one of their best players, Jameer Nelson Jr. Does that make you feel old party people? Jameer Nelson Jr. at Delaware, Villanova's winning. Let's go back to the top half of the bracket, Arizona versus TCU. Um, Look, Arizona, I think, will win this game pretty easily. We are going to talk about the Kirk Creasa injury, the ankle injury for their starting point guard in a minute. I just don't see the scenario where Arizona struggles with TCU. Too much scoring, too much athleticism. And the thing about Arizona, which we're going to talk about, they're actually really good defensively, especially around the rim. I like Arizona to win this game. Another change from my Monday bracket reaction. I like Houston to pull off the upset against Illinois. Listen, I I like Illinois. I think they're a great story, but a couple things. I hate to say it because you criticize individual players. You always feel guilty about doing it. But Illinois has a guard named Andre Curbelo who has just really, really, really struggled all season long. He was awesome as a freshman, got a concussion early in the year, and he hasn't been the same player. He turns the ball over too much. he, he, He takes bad shots. He gets a little wild and out of control. And I'll just tell you, Illinois' record when he is in the lineup is not very good, and he's going to be playing in this NCAA tournament, but he's their best option at point guard, and when I look at their guards, I like their guards, I like the way they shoot the three ball, 
but they're a team that I just don't trust them that they have the guys that you need uh, in March to make plays down the stretch. Illinois was a team that with a different draw I would have liked, but I don't love their guards. They weren't great down the stretch. They lost to Indiana in their conference tournament opener. Easily could have lost to Penn State in the final week of the regular season. I have Houston, the Cougars. Love me some Cougars, baby. Love me some Cougars. I got them beating Illinois. Let's get to the bottom half of the bracket. Tennessee versus Michigan. This is where the Michigan thing is over. Rick Barnes, handshake line. Be careful. But the bottom line is I'm teasing, I'm teasing. Love Juwan Howard. I still believe in Juwan Howard. But, um, you know, Rick Barnes uh, in Tennessee, listen, they have the size to deal with Hunter Dickinson. Their defense is so good. They are going to give um, – they are going to give – Michigan fits. Michigan is a team. They're a very good team. They're a very well-coached team. I was joking about Juwan Howard. I hope everybody knows I was kidding. I wasn't trying to be mean, but Michigan, their guards are young-ish. I know Eli Brooks is an older player, Devontae Jones, uh, a transfer, but I just don't like their guards in this matchup against Tennessee. I think Tennessee takes care of business, advances to the Sweet 16 for the second time in three NCAA tournaments, four years overall. Of course, they went in 2019. Bottom half of the bracket, uh, bottom of the bracket, I should say, Villanova versus Loyola Chicago. Colin Gillespie, Jay Wright, please take care of Sister Jean. I, I can't do two weekends of Sister Jean again. Please, Colin Gillespie, Jay Wright, take care of Sister Jean. I think they will. I think Villanova wins this one easily. Back to the top half of this bracket, Arizona versus Houston. This is where I just think it ends for Houston. I do think they can give Arizona some problems, but at the same time, when I look at Arizona... They can just score so easily. They can rebound so easily. And the thing with Arizona, we're going to get to it in a minute, their size is so overwhelming, okay? So the thing with Houston is they are tough physical down low. But the thing with Arizona is they're tough physical down low with just bigger, stronger players. I mentioned a minute ago, if you remember, that I said, uh, you know, Houston, or I talked about, I think it was Gonzaga being an elite defensive team, you know, better than they get credit for. You know who's number one in the country in, in field goal percentage defense? It's Houston. But you know who's number nine? It's Arizona. So because of it, I do think Arizona wins and advances to the Elite Eight. Bottom half of the bracket, I'll tell you this, guys. I don't mean to belabor the point, but what I will say is this. I think in terms of this entire bracket and how it shakes out, the Villanova-Tennessee Sweet 16 game is the single most important game of this bracket, of the entire bracket, and let me tell you why. It is because I do think that if Tennessee gets to the Elite Eight and they play Arizona, I think they're going to beat Arizona. I think if Villanova gets to the Elite Eight, I do not think they can beat Arizona. I do not think they can beat Illinois if Illinois somehow gets there. I do think they could probably beat Houston. So why this matters is because it changes who my final four pick is and then ultimately who could go to the national championship game and who can win the national championship game and I like Villanova in this game. Let me tell you what, and I love you guys, Vols fans. I have been so in love with this Tennessee team over the last month, month and a half. One of the hottest teams in college basketball. My concern with Tennessee is this. Villanova's guards are so old and so experienced, and Tennessee's guards are so young and so experienced, okay? And so when I look at this bracket and I look at this matchup, Colin Gillespie makes good older senior guards look bad. Trust me, as a UConn fan, I saw him three times. I saw him at UCLA. Just do whatever he wanted to Johnny Juzang and Tiger Campbell and all that stuff. 
and I love Kennedy Chandler. I love Zakai Ziegler. But when I look at this game, I got to be real. I think Villanova's guards are just going to, I don't want to say punk them because that sounds disrespectful, but I just think they're going to grown man them, right? What Villanova does, they'll just take their guards down into the post. They'll back you down and out-physical you in the post with their guards. This will be a big game for Euros Placic, the big center for Tennessee. This will be a big game for Josiah Jordan-James because I think those guys have to be great for them to have a chance. But I, I got to be honest, I do like Villanova in this game to beat Tennessee. I think the dream ends for Tennessee, and I do think that Villanova advances to the Elite Eight. But then I'll be honest, I just said it a minute ago, I don't think Villanova can beat Arizona. And so this was, I'm just going to be honest, Tennessee fans, I know you're mad at me right now. I'm just telling you point blank, end of story, whatever. If Tennessee wins this game, I think they're playing for a national championship. I truly believe if Tennessee can beat, I shouldn't say that, but I do think if Tennessee beats Villanova, I think they can beat Arizona, they can go to a Final Four, and they can beat whoever comes out of the Midwest. I just think that's a really, really, really tough matchup for them. I do like Villanova, Arizona, Villanova. Listen, Villanova's a great story. The problem with Villanova, all year long, they've struggled with size. They are just not big enough down low, and nobody has a bigger, more physical front court than Arizona. Christian Coloco, seven foot one. Umar Balo, seven foot one. Asulis Tubelis, seven feet tall, six foot eleven, whatever he is. Arizona's just got too much size. Arizona is going to the final four out of this region. And let's get to the Midwest. I'll be honest with the Midwest. It, it actually, I have it pretty similar to how I had it a few days ago. Kansas versus the winner of Texas Southern, Texas Corpus Christi, which is going on as I record. Kansas is obviously going to win that game. Second game, another one of these fascinating 8-9 games. Creighton, Zach Kroll saw him in person three times last week at the Big East Tournament, or at least twice, maybe three times, at the Big East Tournament. Uh, they were as impressive during Champ Week as anybody. A 31-2 run against Providence in that Big East semifinal. I don't think they have enough for San Diego State. San Diego State is just a big, tough, physical team, a bunch of grown men. I've said it time and time again. You cannot make San Diego State play your game. When you play San Diego State, you're playing in the 50s whether you want to play it or not. You're either winning 53-51 to 51 or you're losing 53-51. to 51. But with San Diego State, they are going to dictate how things go down and you are going to have no say in it at all. Creighton is young. Creighton is dynamic. Creighton is going to be probably a preseason top 10 team next season. But this season, I think they've about hit their peak, about hit their ceiling as a nine seed in this bracket. I do have them losing to San Diego State in round two. Iowa versus Richmond. Listen, Iowa's playing great basketball, man. And I know it's the Big Ten and this and that, but I've said it for weeks. Iowa is better built to make a deep tournament run than they have been at any point under Fran McCaffrey. They're, they're, they're not like Purdue with the big, slow, plotting guys. Keegan Murray's super athletic, 23 points per game. He had 26 against Indiana the other day. He shoots threes. He's going to be a top 10 pick. He can space the floor, all that good stuff. And then, as anybody knows, if you've watched Iowa, Keegan, Mur Keegan Murray excuse me, has a twin brother named Chris, who's basically 80% of him and a lefty. So you basically have two, two Murrays for the price of one. Keegan is an All-American, uh, deservedly so. And I look at Illinois or uh, Iowa, excuse me. They shoot the crap out of the ball. They play decent enough defense. They win this game. Uh, Providence versus South Dakota State. I'll say this: this has become a very trendy upset in round one. I can see it, but I am picking Providence, and here's why. I did some homework on this one earlier in the day, and the bottom line with Providence is, I, I, so 
I, let's go back. Because on Monday I told you, South Dakota State quietly is one of the crazy best offensive teams in college basketball, okay? They are a team that uh, they rank, uh, excuse me, they, they are the second highest scoring team in college basketball behind only Gonzaga, 86 points per game. They shoot 45% from three. And so in your head, you're like, well, Providence can't beat a team like that. And I do think there's something to that. But I went back and looked. And Providence, while they want to play in the high 60s, low 70s, if you drag them into a game where they have to score in the 80s, they can beat you or they can do what they need to do. They had 82 points in a loss to Villanova earlier this year, 82 in a win at St. John's, 83 in a win at home against St. John's. So Providence can score in the 80s if they have to. I was worried about that. I like Providence to win this game in advance, but that is a very trendy upset pick, South Dakota State over Providence. Bottom half of the bracket, we go to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. The coachless LSU Tigers facing the Iowa State Cyclones. I'll be honest, crazy story with LSU. LSU's winning this game. They have too many athletes. They're too explosive. Iowa State, frankly, they overachieved in year one under TJ Otzelberger. They're a bunch of kind of mid-major transfers, high-major transfers that didn't play at their previous school. Just being in the NCAA tournament is a credit to this Iowa State team. They're not winning. Wisconsin versus Colgate. Interesting one. If you remember Colgate last year, almost beat Arkansas in a 3-14 matchup like this. Thing is, though, the game's in Wisconsin. Wisconsin is at less than 100%. Johnny Davis, their star player, has an ankle injury dating back to the end of the season. Uh, But I do like Wisconsin to win this game. I just think there there, there are scenarios where Wisconsin is going to struggle. There's a lot of scenarios, honestly, if Wisconsin is going to struggle, if Johnny Davis isn't at 100%. But at the same time, when it comes to Johnny Davis, um, you know, he did play in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, He was not great in that Big Ten tournament with just 11 points, but I do think that Wisconsin has enough to get by Colgate in round one to advance to the second round. Let's keep going. Uh, USC-Miami. Let me say this. Talked a lot about Andy Enfield on this show. Respect the hell out of the program that he built. USC is just kind of a boring team. Uh, USC is really good defensively. They protect the rim really well. Good rebounding team, all that good stuff. I think Miami's guards are too good. I do like Miami to win this game. Uh, and advance to the next round. Auburn versus Jacksonville State. Not a ton to say. I like Auburn to advance past Jacksonville State. Let's get back to the top half of this bracket. Kansas versus San Diego State round two. I told you. I said on Monday, as soon as the bracket came out, I said San Diego State is going to give Kansas fits. And drum roll, please. I'm picking San Diego State to be Kansas, baby. And listen, Kansas fans are up my you-know-what all day. Oh, Torres, you hater. I picked you guys to win the national championship. Caw-caw, caw-caw. That's my Kansas Jayhawks, baby. I love my Kansas Jayhawks. But there's nothing special about this Kansas team. Ochai is an All-American. I get that. After him, what? Christian Brown's pretty good. But Remy Martin, hot, cold, in and out of the lineup, injured, not injured. David McCormick struggled all season long. San Diego State has size, they have athleticism, they have toughness, and as I said, they are going to make you play their game. I like San Diego State to win this game. I like San Diego State to advance to the Sweet 16. Uh, Iowa versus Providence in round of 32. This is where I do think Providence gets tripped up because Providence, as I said, they can score in bunches if they have to. They can score in the high 70s, low 80s. Here's the problem. 
Iowa can too, and they're just a better team, better defensively than uh, than South Dakota State is. I actually think South Dakota State can pull the upset. I'm not picking it, but Providence is a decent uh, three-point defense. They're not elite. That could be a factor against an Iowa team that shoots like 37% from three. So I do like Iowa advancing out of this game into the Sweet 16. Bottom half of the bracket. By the way, if there was a drinking game where I said bottom half of the bracket, you guys would be in tough shape right now. But let's get back. Let's get focused, people. All right. Wisconsin playing LSU. Zach Kroll told us he likes LSU. I like Wisconsin. Listen, LSU, I do think they're more athletic. I do think they're more skilled. But at some point, we got to admit that even when Will Wade was with LSU, they weren't very good. Two and three down the stretch in their last five games. One of the wins was over Alabama, which just stinks. They lost to South Carolina, which fired Frank Martin. They lost to Arkansas twice, including in the SEC tournament, a week after they lost to them. And so when I sit there and I look at, 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 you know, at this LSU team, you can sit there and say they're so much more athletic than Wisconsin. I don't care. At some point, you're just not good enough. At some point, we're waiting for you to be who we think you are, and you're just not that team. So I do like Wisconsin to advance to the Sweet 16. Bottom, bottom, bottom part of this bracket. Again, make sure you drink with that one. Uh, Miami versus Auburn. I said it on Monday's show, man. This is why when people ask me in the middle of the, 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 the February and March, who do you, who's the dark horse that you like to make a Final Four? Or Sweet 16 or Elite Eight? I say I got to see the bracket first. As of two weeks ago, I was completely out on Auburn. I do think this is an Auburn team, though, that has a nice draw. They beat Miami to advance to the Sweet 16. Let's keep going in my Sweet 16. San Diego State versus Iowa. I do like Iowa. How about those Hawkeyes? Can I use the Kansas caw, 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 for Iowa? Caw, 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 caw. The Hawkeyes. Love me some Hawkeyes. I got the Hawkeyes beating San Diego State. Again, same deal. San Diego State's really good defensively, but at some point they are going to have to score. And Iowa scores too well, and they score too often, too efficiently. I do like Iowa to pull this upset. Auburn versus Wisconsin. This is where I think if Johnny Davis is anything less than 100%, uh, I do like Auburn. If, if Johnny Davis is 100%, I mean, he could put up 40, right? But he was banged up at the end of the year. Wisconsin lost the final game of the regular season. Wisconsin lost in the Big Ten tournament opener. And I just worry about his health. It's hard to see me picking Wisconsin past the Sweet 16, especially, by the way, we could criticize Auburn. But Walker Kessler's a beast. Jabari Smith is a beast. Wisconsin loses to Auburn, which sets up an Elite Eight matchup. Iowa and Auburn. The Elite Eight matchup we've all been waiting our whole lives for. Kind of a, that'd be like a fun Capital One Bowl. Anyway, I got Iowa winning this game. This is one that was similar to my Monday show. Iowa's hot. I've been in on Iowa. They're better than people realize. They have an All-American. They have all the pieces. They're, they have athleticism. They have size. They have toughness. They have quickness. They have this. They have that. They have whatever. I like Iowa to advance to the Sweet 16. Finally. Finally, finally, to advance to the Final Four, excuse me. So that is my Final Four. How do you like that Final Four? I got Texas Tech, Kentucky, Arizona, Iowa. So one team each from the Big 12, the SEC, the Pac-12, and the Big 10. In the Final Four, Kentucky versus Texas Tech. What did I say? What have I said all year? Kentucky, they can beat you in so many different ways. They can beat you in so many different ways. I like Kentucky to win. Texas Tech, great defense. Kentucky plays pretty good defense too. And I think Kentucky, even against elite defenses, has proven. And by the way, Auburn's an elite defense. Arkansas is an elite defense, whatever. Kentucky can score against all of them. I think they take care of Texas Tech in that Final Four game. And I do think this is where Iowa 
gets tripped up. I just don't see them handling the size of Arizona well enough. Arizona is huge when you walk in the gym. I cannot describe it until you see it in person. I do like Arizona to beat Iowa, setting up a rematch 25 years later. How was it 25 years ago? Simon says championship. Rick Pitino's final game at Kentucky, Lute Olsen at Arizona. 1997 National Championship game, Arizona and Kentucky. We get the rematch 25 years later. And I like, drumroll please. I do have Arizona. And look, all of this is going to depend on Kirk Reese's ankle, right? If Tommy Lloyd came out today and said Kirk Reese is not playing in the NCAA tournament, I don't know what I would think. But I do know that all of these power conference schools have the best medicine, the best doctors, the best this, the best that. And so when I look at the situation in Arizona, I think they can probably get away with not playing him in the opening weekend of the NCAA tournament. And then you start to get to that second weekend, and he's had two weeks off that ankle. I think even at less than 100%, he'll be able to play. And I would think by the final four, he'll be good to go. So I do have Arizona, and it's for the same reason. The one thing with Kentucky, since the opening night, since the opening night of the season against Duke, what have we said about Kentucky? Really, really, really good, but they do struggle a little bit with length. They do struggle a little bit with length down low. I've said it 100 times at this point. Arizona, there is no team that looks like them when they walk in the gym. I've seen Duke in person. I've seen Gonzaga in person. I've seen Villanova, UCLA, USC in person. Nobody looks like Arizona when they walk in the gym. Arizona is my official 2022 national champion. Arizona, my national champion. By the way, if you missed any of that, feel free to DM me on Twitter, Aaron underscore Torres. Feel free to hit me up, Aaron Torres, podcast questions at gmail.com. That was a lot of information that came at you fast and furious, but I do hope you enjoyed it. All right, I got to get out of here. That was a long episode of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast, but a fun episode. I think we all learned something. I think we all learned something. By the way, can I use the caca caca for the Hawkeyes? Somebody needs to tell me. Before we get out of here, want to remind you, make sure you're subscribed. Aaron Torres Sports Podcast, Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure you are subscribed to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. Also, make sure, rate and review the show. Go ahead, give us a quick five stars. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, all that good stuff. Make sure you're following on social media, at Aaron underscore Torres on Twitter, at Aaron Torres Pod on Instagram, Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com, Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com. That's all for today's show. Quick thank you to all of our sponsors. Manscaped.com. Use promo code TORRES, 20% off plus free shipping. DraftKings. Bet $5 on any team. 200 in free bets. And make sure you sign up for the Aaron Torres Podcast Bracket Challenge. It is going to be fun. $500 Buffalo Wild Wings gift card to the first prize. Top five all get prizes. The Aaron Torres Podcast Bracket Challenge. That is all for today's show. Shout out to Torrent Craig. Shout out to Rachel who hates my voice. It's time for me to get out of here. Good luck with your bracket. Sign up for the Aaron Torres Podcast Bracket Challenge. Use BracketFanatics.com for your own bracket challenge. I will be back on Friday recapping the opening day of the NCAA tournament. Have a good week, people. Enjoy the game. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChompaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.